Welcome into the KQ2 Sports Podcast. Eagle Radio's Dave Rigger with me once again this week. Last week we tried to contain it to three topics. <laughs> we kind of did. Yeah, it's lasted a little longer than usual. Yeah, we went to one topic, which had topic 1A in it, and then 1B, and then we went to 2 and 3. This week we'll try to keep it three topics, kind of. We'll just see how this goes. But we'll start with high school football. We are now in week number six in Missouri, week number five in Kansas. We're over the halfway point. I guess we were at the halfway point last week. but At halftime of last week, we were at the halfway point. And that's where a lot of the games ended last week, <laughs> That's actually. true. I just thought about that. That's where a lot of the games ended was the <laughs> halftime last week. That's true. Now we're getting into October. The colder temperatures already changed. went from 90 on Monday to 55 tonight or whatever it's going to be. But big game tonight, you're going to be at the game. I'll be at the game. East Buchanan at Mid Buchanan. Bulldogs come in 3-2. and two. Dragons come in 4-1. and one. This is one of those big KCI showdowns where Lathrop right now is still the favorite to win the conference. But this one is going to have, a lot, I think, a lot for the playoff seating, too, more than anything else. Too. Yeah, no, no doubt. And I think that I'm excited about this football game just because um, I love these rivalry games. And, and you know, Mid-Buck has obviously been a team on the rise the last couple of years. But they were still behind the Hamiltons, the East Buchanan's teams like that in the KCI. Well, now, last year they got over the hump of beating East Buck and Hamilton in the playoffs. They finally beat them for the first time in forever. Then in the regular season last week, Mid Buchanan goes to Hamilton and, and rolls them 35-0 in that shortened game, uh, just playing one series in the second half. So they've kind of, they're starting to get over all these hurdles that they've had to kind of overcome. And uh, when you're building a program, you want to – take big steps with your program. And I think Coach Fritz and his team have, have certainly done that here the last year and a half or so with what they've done and getting to the semifinals last year. So um, I, I I don't think now when they play another team that's been a power in the KCI, they don't look at that uniform and, and are intimidated anymore. I, I think teams might start to look at Mid Buchanan the other way and and kind of look at some of these scores and, wow, they, they beat Hamilton 35 to nothing. Yeah, I mean – so Mid-Buck certainly is playing really good football right now, and I'm anxious for this one. This one should be a fun game tonight. East Buchanan seems like they've kind of turned things around after they got beat by Hamilton. They've won their last two games and played pretty well against Plattsburgh last week. So um, you never know in a rivalry game what can happen, and I think this one could be a lot of fun, and I'm sure the Bulldogs want to get some revenge after last year. Yeah, you talk about last year. They met twice. The first game, that overtime yep. game, ended up being 34-28 East Buchanan. Playoff time comes around. Mid-Buck wins 42-20. But that was when we saw, I think, Mid-Buck kind of, like you say, emerge and start knocking off the teams that had historically beat them year in and year out. And they were starting to make that run where they you know, knocked off Plattsburgh and went to East Buck, and they just kind of were rolling through playoffs. But this, this game, I feel like, it's one of those games where East Buck, you know, trying to find the identity this year of what they're going to be. No question. Where they have a lot of question marks because they've had such, you know, big senior classes the last couple of years with a lot of playmakers in those graduate. And Mid-Buck, who's, you know, now it's a lot of expectations for people putting on this team, but I don't think that's really bothering this group at all. So I think this one's got a little bit more East Buck, maybe the underdog a little bit just because of what the expectations, maybe, maybe just us has put on the Buchanan at this point where we know how good that team has been probably the last calendar year or so, and just kind of seeing what East Buck is going to come out to do tonight, too. The one thing, too, that you were talking about those games from last year is that Mid-Buck lost to Hamilton and East Buck in overtime both times and then beat Hamilton, them yeah. in in the uh, – in the in the playoffs to to get to where they got last year, but yeah, I think East Buck's probably the, the underdog in this game, and, and I think you you said it right when they're looking for their identity. 
Um, they've been a team. They've had the the Colby Raps and um, other quarterbacks who can sling it around and really throw the football all over the place. And uh, we'll sit back and pick you apart. They're a different offense this year. Tucker White now has kind of been established as the quarterback. They tried to go with two, three, four quarterbacks early in the se- in the season, and it just wasn't working. Um, they couldn't get that that rhythm that they've they're so accustomed to getting with their high up tempo offense. Um, but Tucker White now has kind of settled in. Um, they have more of a quarterback run game, which I think causes a lot of teams problems. But they don't have the perimeter passing game where you go down, take shots down the field. They'll stay, still take some shots. Tucker's come a long way, I think, in the past game. But um, it's a much different offense. Talking to Coach Fritz this week, um, he said they really couldn't even look back to previous years to try and defend this team. It's just watching film this year because they're so much different than what they have been. A lot of formations are similar, and they'll do things out of the spread, but just different things with what they do. Um, they've got a couple of good receivers slash running backs in Owen Fortney. Darren Griffin, guys, that they want to get the ball in their hands a lot. So they've still got capable kids. Yeah. Um, one thing that really impressed me last week, and I think this is a little bit of a concern for East Buchanan, is up front. Two weeks ago or three weeks ago when they lost to Hamilton, they got they just got pounded up front. They got dominated. Coach Bryan wasn't happy with it. I think they've made progress the last couple weeks. But last week when we saw Mid-Buchanan against Hamilton – Mid Buchanan handled their offensive and defensive lines yeah. with ease. I mean, they were making tackles for loss. They held their All-State running back to 15 yards on 14 carries. Uh, just tons of tackles for losses, sacks, pressure on the quarterback. A forced a team that doesn't want to throw the ball to throw it a bunch. Um, so up front, I think, is a huge advantage for Mid Buchanan. And I think if if they play up front like they did last week, then I think they've got a great chance to, to really control this football game and do what they want to do. But I'm anxious to see these two offenses because they're similar, especially with the quarterback run game with, with Javen Noyes right. um, uh, against Tucker White. I think both guys are very capable um, runners, obviously, and then we'll see who can throw the football tonight against the other team. Now we still have four weeks until district start, but since we can do this in the media and look ahead – the District 7 with Mid-Buck, Plattsburgh, East-Buck, Hamilton, West Platte, North Platte, Maysville, and Polo. So basically the KCI, Mayanus, <laughs> Lathrop, and Lawson. Yes, it is. The point totals right now between how Misha, what is the point totals? I'm still trying to figure out exactly. I, there's a formula somewhere. I just don't know it off the top of my head. Yeah. Mid-Buck has 42.8 points, Plattsburgh 38.94, East Buchanan at 37.4. So this is one of those games where it can kind of shuffle – where these teams can sit as you continue to move forward districts and how the seating will turn out, too. Yeah, because they're not far apart. And, again, they're just no. one one loss and one win away from each other, 4-1 and one against 3-1. and one. And if East Buck can win this, then all of a sudden they have the same record and East Buck has a better league record than Mid-Buchanan has. And that, they might leap them. They'll probably – well, they may not on the points, but in the grand scheme of things, they'll be number one because they've already beaten Plattsburgh. Right. Mid-Buck yeah. will play Plattsburgh next week to kind of see where Plattsburgh is and how they are. And Again, they've dropped their last two games. So um, I think this one will go a long way to determining who the, the number one seed is. And if Mid-Buchanan wins this football game, then they've got a pretty good stranglehold on number one. As long as they can beat Plattsburgh, then I think they're probably golden the rest of the way and be the one seed and play all their district games at home. So if they can win this, they are certainly in the driver's seat. But if East Buck wins it, then all of a sudden it does shift a little bit and will make things a lot more interesting as we near the uh, the postseason. I've never – I think I, I think I kind of like this point total thing for di- for district deciding. I don't know if I really like that every team makes the playoffs, but at least with this is kind of every little every yeah. little thing counts throughout the year. You get points for different things, and 
isn't strength of schedule a little bit in there? Or if you play class two, it kind of helps you more too. And that's the one thing. One thing I kind of struggle with is that even when LeBlanc was playing and they were getting four and five seeds despite having tough records because they were playing class four schools like Benton yeah. and Lafayette, and I, I I struggle with that sometimes. If you should get a lot of points, if you just get hammered by those teams, because yeah. and and. Coach Dudek and LeBlanc, they weren't doing it because they're in the same league. They had to play these teams. Right. But it, it, I don't think it – it wouldn't surprise me if there are some smaller class teams that maybe play up knowing that maybe they don't have a chance, but it does give them a lot of points in the right. system. So I kind of struggle with that sometimes as you get a lot of points for playing teams that are one or two or three classes above you. Um, but I think it does mean something to play somebody that is quite a bit bigger than you. So it's, it's hard to – to judge how you weigh that and because you may play a class four team if you're a class one team that's no good and then all yep. of a sudden you get a tremendous amount of points because you beat them they're way bigger than you and, and, and it's the one seed it's kind of a catch-22 yeah i think i still like the old way better where it's like two two teams from each district you play your district games the last part of the season i disagree with you on that one i i like this format better i do okay. like this format better it gives at least gives everybody a chance at one postseason game right and essentially i mean it's it's just like basketball it's just like volleyball it's just like baseball you just you go play a district tournament everybody talks about this is the playoffs well it is and it isn't because mm-hmm. it's a district tournament it is the postseason i don't know that it's necessarily the playoffs yet just right. because you've got to win some games to get deeper into the state playoffs again i i think i do like this there's some bad matchups in week one but there also is in basketball. There volleyball. is. Yeah. It's just how it is. It's yeah. you're going to have that if you're going to have all the teams play in a district tournament. So I do like this format, and I don't. I don't know if they could do it any other way as far as the points. I, I think it usually kind of works itself out, and you can kind of lobby if you beat somebody, then you're probably going to be ahead of them. Um, so some of that type of stuff. There's a little bit of leeway in where you can put teams if you beat somebody else head to head. So. I think I do like this better because there were some good teams that were getting left out of the postseason. Now, again, um, you can probably use the argument that there's some really bad teams that get into this and there's some bad matchups. There were, but then you have these four-team districts where all four teams say they're all 7-2 and or something like that. Then you have a four-team district where two of those teams are going to get in. They're all 1-8 and or 2-7 and or 3-6 and or whatever it is. So Two of those get in, and then two of the seven-win teams don't even get a chance to play in the postseason. So I can't think it kind of weeds itself out. They'll have some bad matchups early, but then you're going to have the best teams move on. And even some of these district tournaments still are kind of the same way. There are some strong districts. Lafayette, Benton was in it, but they're in probably the hardest Class 4 district that there is. And there's other Class 4 districts that aren't as hard. So it's still there's still an advantage for some in other districts than for other teams. So I think I think this is probably the fairest way to do it because at least you get a chance. Yeah, and I think my thing with it was when the games, I mean, like you talked about, you go 7-2, and two, you're playing each other the last couple of weeks, okay, you weed each other out, kind of what's going on. Yeah. But I guess it's also kind of how you look at what the districts are. Are they the playoffs? Are they the postseason? Is just another step as you head toward the playoffs? Because in that case, I'm more fine with it looking at it that way of saying it's not the playoffs technically. It's postseason, it, yeah. but it's the districts, and it weeds everybody out. 
But part of me is like, you get the regular season, and the games matter a little bit more if not everybody gets in. Yeah, they do. But I mean, because essentially, turn into the postseason the last three weeks of the year because those yeah. were your district games, and you would have to so start winning those. Your if first you didn't. six or seven, however many it was, I guess it was seven then because you played ten regular season. Your last three were district games, yeah. um, and so you had seven to get ready for those three, and then how it all played out. So. Again, I think Kansas still does it that way. I think so. I'd have to look. Yeah. They did when I was covering them ten years ago when I was living in Kansas. But um, I know that was always a that was always a hot button for coaches over there because you'd have some really good teams that would just miss out. They they'd yeah. go two and one, um, but there were three two and one teams in their district, their four team district, and one of those two and one teams wouldn't get in. So you just you'd leave a good team out and not even have a chance to make a run. Or we see this all the time in the postseason. Heck, in the Major League Baseball playoffs, you see a wild card team uh, make a long run. You see a wild card team in the NFL playoffs. They're yeah. hot late. They make a run. So they're not even, they may not be the best team, but yeah, but they make they a run win. late. They get hot all of a sudden, and then they're one of the best teams because they're they're right there on the cusp. And then maybe they figure something out. So, well, we hit two topics so far. So <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll round it out with the final topic. It's okay, I like I like how Missouri does it. Are yeah. you are you? Would you still, rather them I'm go still, with the four-team districts? Part of me wants to because I want to see if it changes how things either are prepared for or happen those final, what, four weeks, three weeks of the season. Do you change a lot of stuff what you do? Do you keep it the same? Because right now the non-con gets you ready, but does it also help you in a sense with the district points? Is that, is that what you're looking at too? Or do you even right. care at that point in week one and week two? No one, no one's really talking to us about it. Still at this point, we're the only ones really talking about it so far. But does that change how you look at things? Does that change that? That's what I'm curious about because it makes me feel like the regular season matters a little bit more outside just you know conference. You'll win conference, but does that put districts back in the regular season where week eight, nine, and ten you have to you know you can't slip up there. That that yeah. is basically the district postseason before you get to the playoffs instead of the eights versus ones, one versus eights, or because usually in football you don't have too many one eight upsets, two seven. No, not in high school and, football. Yeah, unless you have a really, really tight district, you don't have too much yeah. of that. So maybe that's me just kind of trying to weed out some of the early games, but not you know the four fives are usually kind of close sometimes. Three sixes depends, but yeah, that may be me just trying to weed out some of the one eight two seven stuff. And again, that's. Then I always look at it, too, is that there used to be 10 weeks of the regular season. Now there's nine. Well, that's kind of an extension of the regular season that 10th week because you're going to have some of those 1-8 matchups, and right. you get your 10th game in no matter what. And I understand it for like getting everybody 10 games. Yeah. Like I'm not like against this wholeheartedly. I just wonder if it's more like which, which one was more competitive preparation-wise? Was there more thinking, okay, these three games, but like if you're a 1-8 and you have that week 10 – are you already looking ahead? Because I know in right. high school we would kind of look ahead some weeks because we, we knew, and everybody kind of understands. We know what teams aren't very good, which teams are, and you just kind of move on like, know, in that scenario. One thing you said, too, and I think uh, I think a lot of people when this first started, when this happened, um, I think they were kind of concerned that maybe the right, people wouldn't think the regular season matters a whole lot. But I honestly kind of think that it, I feel like it does matter more because of the point system. Right. I feel like there's much more talk, especially probably from this week till week nine. There's a lot of talk about the points and, hey, can we get to the three seed? Can we get – and it's 
before it was just like, can we, we be one of the top two teams out of the four to make the make right. make the postseason? Well, now even if you're the eight seed, hey, can we get to the seven? Can we get to the six? It's, it, it may not be winning the district or getting the number one seed, but at least you're trying to get that next seed to get better. Maybe we can avoid so and so. So I do feel like there's much more importance, or more than people thought there was going to be. Right. And I, in I the regular really season didn't take that. I didn't think about that part. But I've you know, we've seen coaches talk about that too before, where they you're that five seed trying to get that four seed home game. I mean, right. stuff like that too. But yeah, because someone was telling me, I think when this first started, oh, the regular season is not going to matter because everybody gets in. It doesn't really matter anymore. Eh, I, I disagree. And and at that point, I think I disagreed. But I think it's it's shown itself over the last however many years they've done this. That yeah. I mean, it does matter. People, I think people put a lot of importance on all these games to try and get the best seed available, right. best seed possible, and try and get a home game as you talked about. Yeah, so. I, I think the point thing's interesting. And I don't think this is like the wrong way of doing things by any means. I just wonder if the old way was maybe more, maybe just I just like more exciting finishes down the stretch. Maybe that's what I'm looking for more than Could anything be, yeah. else. I mean, because like essentially they were playoff games in the regular season because they were yeah. district games. So. And that's why everybody's like, okay, we got to get ready for our district games. Yeah. This is district games. Maybe more rivalry type of feel too because you're playing the other. We three had some Benton Lafayette matchups in some of those districts. Yeah, Late stuff like year. that because so. I mean the districts you'll play teams that you know you may not see, which aren't really rivalry stuff. It's just kind of how the map falls right. you know, geographically. But anyway, we'll, we have what three more weeks after this to talk about the districts <laughs> until we get to week number ten. Uh, yes, final we topic: We'll go eight-man football this week. We'll have all the schedule. We'll have all the games up on KQ2.com later on today. Um, Mound City at East Atchison. That game, I think, is going to go a long ways. Mount City, 4-1. East Atchison, 5-0. Mount City lost to Southwest Livingston a few weeks back. From what I've understood, they were not 100%. They didn't have everybody out in the field. Take nothing away from Southwest Livingston. They got the job done. They knocked off Mount City. Are the Panthers looking to rebound this week? I mean, they rebounded last week fine. They came back. Is East Atchison you know, going to leap Mount City this year and you know, kind of try to dethrone the Panthers and kind of you know put themselves on top of 275. I think this game is all about East Atchison. Now we're going to find out if they are actually for real. I think we know Mound City is. They were missing. They weren't full strength a couple weeks ago. They lost. Um, they're the defending state champions. Every other game they've essentially handled pretty easily and they've played well. So I think they are going to be there when it's all said and done. I still think they're the best team in the 275. East Atchison, I just don't think we... There's not enough... I guess there's not enough history with this team yet. Um, I think their defense has been really good so far this year. Obviously, you can't take away what they've done being unbeaten up to this point, but can they take the next step um, to knock off a team like this? If they can do that, especially it's at their home yeah. home park, and if they can knock off Mound City, then all of a sudden I think they are in the discussion for competing for a state championship because I feel like Mound City is still that good despite the one loss. So I, I think this is all about East Atchison. If they can win this football game, um, then all of a sudden they are contenders. If they get blown out, though, then you kind of go back to, eh, yeah, they're just – we like the contender pretender thing. I don't right. know if they're a pretender because they're they're a good football There's team. There's different but levels. Yes, of so I everybody. think they're still good enough to make a run. Just probably not upper echelon teams like the Pattonsburgs right now and the Mound Cities at this point in time. East Atchison defense only 15.8 points per game. Mount that's City, crazy in high school, 17. Or, that's crazy in uh, eight man football. Yeah, those are the only two with under 20 points or below. Mount City and East Atchison, both those defenses. You talked about. Uh, 
most eight-man games we'll see 50-some, 30-some, or 40-some. We don't usually see too many low-scoring games that often in eight-man football well, just because the dynamic's so different. The one thing, too, is that nothing against the 275, but I'm not sure it's the strongest league that there has been right. <laughs> in eight-man football. So, I mean, there's... Uh, there's a lot of teams under 500 right now. I mean, Stewartsville's won one. South Holt Nottoway holds only one two. Northwest Nottoway's winless. Um, Platte Valley's only won one game. So there's a lot of teams under 500. So that, I think, certainly helps the East Atchison's, the Mound Cities, and teams like that to hold opponents down when you're shutting them out and winning big and games are called at halftime and things like that. So I don't know that the 275 has maybe prepared them schedule-wise up to this point. I think they're probably good enough to compete with GRC teams and stuff like that, but I think there are some teams that are really struggling in the 275 this year that have certainly helped Mound City and East Atchison. Both those teams also averaging more than 50 points per game so far in the regular season. Other games, we'll just run through the city games real quick. Central at least Summit tonight, Lafayette at Chillicothe, Benton hosting Maryville on homecoming, Bishop LeBlanc, they're back in action. They're taking on Liberal tonight, and St. Joe Christian, they're taking on St. Pius tonight as well. Dave, you'll be down at the East Buck Midbuck game. Uh, where can people find that at and what time does it start? Since the postseason for Major League Baseball is here, now we are going to shift all of our coverage to KFEQ. So we'll be on 680 KFEQ, also on the FM dial at 107.9. So everything will be on 680 KFEQ and 107.9. Our pregame begins at 5.30 over there. Kickoff is set for 7 o'clock from Fawcett tonight. Should be another exciting night of high school football. Uh, Dave, thank you once again. Absolutely. That'll do it for this week's edition of the KQ2 Sports Podcast.